welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies directed exclusively by women-identified directors that prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is one of my favorite people on the planet, Ariel. Hi. Hey, girl. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah? Hanging in there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm hanging in. I'm very excited about this episode because, one, Mm. I'm very excited to talk about this movie. Two, Rachel, I don't know if you realize this, but by the time this episode drops, it'll be our two-year anniversary for starting (gasps) this podcast. Happy anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) And three, and most importantly, we have an awesome guest who you're about to introduce. (laughs) That is right. You have already heard the dulcet tones. Not only are we talking with Ariel tonight, joining us is one of my new favorite people. She's sassy. She sings like an angel and she's smart as hell. We are delighted to welcome back Elizabeth Kyle of Plug It Up, Thor's Hour of Thunder, and Bloody Good Whore. Welcome back, babe. Thank you so much for having me back. I had so much fun the first time and have just had the best time getting to know you two. Mm -hmm. I just, I love your love for one another. It's, it's, show is so much fun. Oh, thank you. We love having you on. Absolutely. We totally glommed on after the first yes. recording. We're like, that's the only way I do we're best friends. So I'm like, oh, cool. We speak the same psychotic language of like yeah. dependency and just. Absolutely. Yes. No half friends allowed. It's either no. you're either out or you're See, all the way you in. You get me. You get me. Like if in the first or second conversation with somebody, we're not planning our like island commune and what rules will be. Like I'm like, yeah, I don't go halfway. Yes. Like I'm not just like a Acquaintances. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, we commit. We commit. <laughs> Combine that with having no boundaries. Like, why am I paying for therapy? But I have none. <laughs> yeah. But see, that's why you're our interesting people. Friendships. Yeah. I also have no boundaries whatsoever. She does not. <laughs> well, so it can either connect how we have connected right. or it can be really scary. <laughs> yes. If you get uncomfortable easily or you scare easy, like, it's just mm-hmm. not going to work out. But I, I can tell... <laughs> The minute I heard you ladies, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm in the right place here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're glad you're here. One of the things that has been so much fun the last couple of years is getting to know you guys. And you are such a special person. I feel very lucky to call you a friend. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. And man, I just think about 13-year-old me, if she could have just seen five minutes of the future of like finding like-minded people, women especially, mm-hmm. but just, yeah, yeah it, it just felt, I know you guys know the feeling, we've touched on it on other podcasts, but like that feeling of being into something that feels so small mm-hmm. at an age where you don't have access to, well, I guess you do now with the internet, but which is awesome. It's just, it's nice to at some point experience that in a way that I feel like I really have like meeting people, especially like y'all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know it's definitely made me appreciate, I think maybe because I haven't always had it, when I find someone who I'm like, oh, that's like a kindred spirit or a soulmate, I'm like, well, we're friends now. (laughs) Deal with it. (laughs) It's like the older you get, the less time you waste like doing Mm -hmm. the rules in any way with any relationship where you're like, I guess I don't know if she hates me or likes I'll just like not (laughs) text her for three weeks and see. And if they don't invite me to go do yoga, they hate me. And then I'll run into them at the grocery store six months later and be the biggest fucking weirdo. (laughs) Then it's ruined forever. Oh my God. You just described me. Rinse and repeat. Yes. Uh Then the the pandemic happened and I was like, oh wait, everybody just sits at home by themselves and watch a movie now? Okay. Welcome to my world. Right. They finally, the world caught up to us. Yeah, they, they the, the introverts what they've been rule now. Yeah. 
We've been doing this for a while, y'all. <laughs> you think this is easy? We just make it look easy. Okay? Right. <laughs> so how about you, Ariel? You always have weird stuff going on. What's the latest in Portland? Oh, yes. Oh, well, nothing so much. It's been really cold here. And she always rainy. starts it and then something insane happens. And I was <laughs> always like, mm-hmm. no, you know, nothing. I found a hand in my mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> it had a gift bow on it. <laughs> but honestly, so nothing really has happened in the neighborhood. Although today it was really sunny and I'm starting to worry that spring is here and that means people are going to come out because I did see a PT Cruiser drive by with no. flames on the side. Oh no. I feel like that's a really that. bad omen of That's things the to harbinger come. of of, yeah, yes. Like nude ball sack doom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but okay, Rachel, do you remember how I told you about that weird picture of some distant family member that my sister pawned off on me? Oh, right. The haunted one. Yes. I remember yeah. That. So it's just been sitting in my apartment on the floor, leaning okay. against the wall because I don't know what to okay. do with it. How big are we talking? Like, it's not that big, probably two feet wide and like three feet tall. Maybe pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> you mean not big by Victorian portraiture standards? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I have even larger ones. I have a I lot love of it. Oh, we got so a big deal fabulous. over here. <laughs> Who does your family think it is? <laughs> Just lovely people that should be celebrated or something. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all those sort of dead-eyed photos. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, those are the best. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So first of all, I feel like it was a bad omen that the glass cracked as my sister brought it into my apartment. <gasps> and, then, <laughs> oh, no. and then when I had the Christmas tree up back in like early December, it threw a Christmas ornament at me. That's what my nephew what? said anyways. <laughs> it just what? like flew off the tree at me. That is straight up haunted. And the yeah. cats were both <laughs> like... asleep far away from the Christmas tree. So it was I love it. Like, it wasn't my cats them. throwing things. like Because they will do that. Well, we know. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever met a cat, like that is yeah, an extreme exactly. possibility. But, okay, recently all of the electrical work in my apartment has been acting weird. Okay. So I have mm-hmm. one light that flickers all the time, so I can't okay. use it. One of my lamps keeps not working and then working and not working and working. My tv with the amazon fire stick it will turn a show on and turn it off on its own okay and uh, my porch light now goes on and off which is very irritating what's weird about that is that it sounds like the way you're telling the story like it like has built on itself like it that didn't all just happen like at (laughs) once like it's been progressively yes hmm, that's weird is it the dude in the wall, like, knocking around the wires? Oh, God. Stop it with the dude in the wall. <laughs> this, y'all, I was about to say, this sounds like my house I grew up in, which we we know. <laughs> That's why I thought mm, I'd bring it yeah. up. Yeah. I did promise to tell the end of the story the next Yes. Oh, yes. We, we've got to hear it. So where did we live off last time? So my house was the ultimate spooky house. I just knew that it was haunted, like, in my adolescence, like, pretty soon after things started happening. And I don't know. I wasn't somebody that super believed before that or had ever even really... I mean, it was fun. I liked horror by that point. So I was um, into it in that, like, kind of Halloween way, you know. It was kind of interesting to see, like, how quickly I just did believe. Like, I I think my brain wouldn't let myself go at 12 or 13 to the place Mm -hmm. of, like, a grown man living in my attic. Or, like, that just seemed too terrifying, like, too horrific. So... yeah. Totally could be what happened. I don't. I don't know. I really don't know. But um, (laughs) there were things. There were always weird things happening. But there were like probably five major events that were like 
what the fuck is going on? And those are the ones that it's like an unspoken rule in my family that you don't talk to my dad about. I have gotten drunk at exactly one Thanksgiving and gone up to him and just out of nowhere with no context been like, remember that day in the basement? Like what, what, what happened? Sorry. I love my family. I love my parents. He literally just like walked away from me. Like I hadn't said anything. It was just like, it's just, you just, he won't address it. So, Uh so my mom, I was working at a really popular catfish restaurant, Soulfish that had just opened. So they listed the house. They wanted to move further East, um, Mm -hmm. sort of towards the suburbs, but specifically into a more modern house. I mean, if I was dealing with hauntings in my house, I think my first thought would be a move and B let's get something brand new. New construction It would have been like a new build in like yeah, yeah. it would have I would have been like I I don't I want to know where you get the wood for this project. <laughs> I'm also gonna need like a full land survey to make sure this is not some kind of crazy That's burial right. ground or yeah something. I mean, like I don't want to be sleeping on a windango mound you know? um thank you right I'm gonna need like a civil history of this yes like, exactly I'm gonna need core samples yes yeah soil samples <laughs> does it feel cursed exactly. totally but and I don't think like the incident that made this house angry at my family mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel to me like it was the first thing really that happened there like it felt like a, oh. a weird like it, it just felt bigger than like one weird thing you could feel the weight of like a lot of just like angry history in that house like mm, interesting they listed the house they had i believe they had someone come in and just lightly stage it because I was out of the house at this point in time, so it was my they brother. Should have had it lightly blessed, right? Instead. Well, they did. lightly exercised. They, they absolutely. I suggested a full blown exorcism on the house. They did. They absolutely did get our priest to come over. <gasps> oh my bless gosh. It when I was young, like okay. a wow, yeah. Father you, Kirk was. A, you had the full Amityville experience. Well, that's why when I see these movies, like I feel so protect. Like I really am just like that's not what happens. Like, or, like <laughs> if they do get it like super right, I'm just like br- like standing out. I love it. Somebody on the set of this film was haunted as a child. Hi, I see you. <laughs> like because that okay, back to the catfish restaurant. I'm at work, so it's kind of a new job. We had just started getting busy. I got called on the landline of this restaurant. My mom called. If you knew my mom, it's not that weird for her to be like. At all costs, I will find you. I need to tell you about season six and of the blacklist. But uh, she – that's lifted straight from Bo Burnham inside um, anybody who's in the woman. That's one of my favorite lines on it. So she reached me. I Like I got back to her. She was – it was like that scene in a movie where you're like, oh, fuck. Like somebody – she just was visited by a cop that said someone died or something. Like there's – I can't, there's no recovering. She is beyond the pale right now of like, I can't understand what she's saying. Immediately, like I froze. I just, I I had no idea what Mm -hmm. she was about to tell me. Sure. And on the phone, honestly, I never did get like a sense of what it was or even what like it was about. So I'm like, my mind is just like going horrible places. So my mom can barely even form a sentence. She finally is like, just meet me. At the closest Starbucks. I was like, well, I just, okay, I've got to go. Like my mom, I don't know what's going on. But so I had a girl take my tables and just left and was like, what the fuck is she about to tell me? Like, what is happening? So we're in the parking lot of a Starbucks. We didn't even go in. I know I smoked at the time and she, she took one of my cigarettes and was like, okay, we're never talking about this again. I'm going to tell you everything that happened. And then... Like it's, it's gone and it's like, it never happened. You can never tell your brother. He's way too like sensitive and this will stick with him for, like, I just don't want him even to know 
he ever lived somewhere that this happened. Wow. Oh my God. Right. So I'm like, what the f- okay. Also, she's known for the dramatics. So I'm like, what? <laughs> just come on, come on, on, get to it. This isn't Grey's Anatomy. Let's go. Come on. So <laughs> also, I was just in the middle of a shift. Like, but I get like I get it. She was she was in shock for real. Yeah. So she went to the house. She got off early, was going to meet um the inspector at the house. They had a rodent problem. Like they had this is typical in the city I live in and sort of like the more crowded areas. There's right. both a basement and an attic. The basement accesses just like the cross face under the house, okay. which is featured mm-hmm. in lots of like horror movies, mm-hmm. but not every house uh-huh. has it. Think like, like Mary uh, Shaw's down there. Yeah, yeah, like you yeah, could, yeah, yeah. Right. You if you wanted to go fuck around in there, like you could, but like it's it was weird. So mm-hmm. they had raccoons that were getting in through that cross face. And my dad had like a whole like music space down there. He had like insulated it. We had a drum set. That's where he like refurbished old guitars. So it was like a used space, but there was lots of activity and like chewing in the wires. They had to get something done about the raccoons. So they got these like humane no-kill traps mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. essentially look like kennels, like dog kennels. Yeah. But mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the whole thing is that y'all, I mean, everyone's probably familiar with this. It just tri- trips the door when they go in and the door closes and then you like catch and release. My mom was going down to check the trap before the inspector got there. And when she went down there... The um, everything was like where she left it. The peanut butter, I remember it was like a glob of peanut butter, was on the little trap trigger thing, uh-huh. untouched. There was a full grown raccoon in the cage with the door shut, the door shut, but not triggered because the oh, food weird. was untouched. Also, the raccoon was dissected like surgically, <gasps> she said. What? Oh my god, that and she said, I'll never forget. She said. The specific term, my apologies to the medical community, but she said something like a T7 incision from groin. Like she was at, in work oh mode. Like when she said it, I was like, okay, what it meaning? Oh my and God. she was like, like in school when you do like the front, like the, that oh, eye, it looks uh-huh. like an eye. Yeah. So uh-huh. that's how it was cut. All major organs were taken out. What? And were on, like next to it in the cage. What? And then its small intestine had been wound <gasps> in and out of the caging up and what? down all oh of the sides. Oh, my God. Of, so it was like a saw trap that she found. Holy crap. With this raccoon eviscerated <gasps> in a seemingly ritualistic and medical fashion. Like, I don't – Whoa. What do you even say like to that? Jack like, the trash panda ripper. Like, what right? the hell? Because my mom and, – and she for real – she was spinning. Like, she was in this state of like – Yeah, as I was like, would. dude, okay, we now have to – acknowledge something about this house in our family that has been like in the water fucking forever and you can tell me all day like don't talk about this to dad but we have to have a moment of just silence (laughs) to acknowledge this because like i've been telling you since i was 11 what has been going on at this house and i get that it's hard to deal with but like now look that is where you are. way more shocking than I was yeah, expecting. I was expecting <laughs> things knocked over, doors slammed, no. stuff like that. Oh, not no, no, no. a dissected raccoon. Mm-hmm. So my mom calls my dad. She was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I have to tell your dad. They take the raccoon to the river, to the Mississippi River. And she was like, I, again, like, I don't know. This is probably like a criminal act. Don't statute of limitations, <laughs> I guess, on like, littering. Probably, yeah. I'm pretty sure that they, like, just, like, 
put the whole trap in the river. Oh, my God. I mean, what are you going to do? Open it up and shake it out? Well, no. and my mom was, like, in this, like, state in the Starbucks parking yeah. lot and was like, yes. I mean, what would the cops even say? Who would you call? What would you say? Like, what? who did That's it? Like, point. I don't even know what mm-hmm. you would report. There was no sign of breaking or entering. And then I remember for a minute there was this thing my brother was – not messing with trying to prank my family. I, like, I promise you at this stage in his life. But my dad, yeah. like, they went, their mind just went places. Like, I remember my dad, the only time it was ever acknowledged in front of me was, like, him pulling me to the side and being like, you know what I'm talking about. Would your brother do that? Does he know anybody that would? Or do you know anybody that's into yeah. that kind of stuff? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, why? My life is a Stephen King movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is shocking. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. But I get your parents' response too, because you would want to find some way to explain it, even yes, if that explanation was like yeah. satanic. Yeah, that's not panic, something you know? your brain wants to just leave no, on no, no, no. done. Like mm-hmm. I I need to talk to the people that live there after you. So that's my idea for podcast is it would be contacting everybody that there have been like four or five people who've purchased that house over the right. last... all be public record at this point. It would be, yeah. So I would love to just ask them, like, what their experience was like. Yeah, that would be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Not lead do them it. in any way and do be like, it. how do you enjoy my haunted house? <laughs> but, like, has it been weird at all? Because I know I made this joke last time. It's my favorite joke to make about my childhood trauma in this fucking house of horrors. But it's like my mom, when she found a buyer, and it was this woman who was a nursing student... Or she had just graduated and her significant other was still like in the Midwest or wherever he was studying medicine. He wasn't going to be here for, I think, at least like 12 months. And she just found their like forever home and he's just, she's just going to wait for him to come. I was just like, mom, how, how can you do this? Like, this is, I feel like the end of the ring where they're like, just make the man touch the button and like, you know, like, it's like it follows. Like, just go fuck someone real quick and like, get rid of it. Like, I guess you have to do it, but uh, I just wanted to be like, I'm sorry. Like, sure. And I've always wondered what was her experience like? Like, did she, especially being there by herself? That's what I mean. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's been sold a bunch. It it sounds like they are fully. It following that right. <laughs> Fortunately, right? apparently, it doesn't follow because that's right. It stays. That's what my movie's going to be called. It stays. Yeah. <laughs> it stays the podcast. Yes, oh my gosh, I love that. I love that. Okay, we've just fully, I think, uh, formed a concept for this. So you got to do it. I want yeah. a part of this. I, I whatever part you want. I, I honestly I'm feel in. like you've been. A part of it since its inception, so it's, it's fitting. <laughs> okay, yeah. excellent. excellent. We did watch a movie though for today. Yes, we did. <laughs> we should talk a little. No, no, no. I I needed to hear yeah, that. Yeah, we this wanted to hear, and that important. was way more it. shocking and interesting than I had expected. It, so. Like right. it's worth it. Like I when I when I've Twists, got that one in my pocket, turns. I'm always like, you yeah, you won't regret this. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. One. Awesome. Okay, so let's talk about what we are actually going to be talking Please. about today. We are going to be reviewing the film Hellbender, directed by the Adams Poser family. That would be Toby Poser, Zelda Adams, and John Adams. And uh, I think it's easy to say that this is probably one of my most anticipated films of the year because I was yeah. such a fan of The Deeper You Dig. I didn't know it, but film. same. Retroactively, yes. Oh, so have we turned you into you a, an Adams Family stan? You totally have. I've gone like so way down the rabbit hole on the oh, jacket. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, yeah. good. Welcome to the bottom of the rabbit Thanks hole, my friend. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I wanted to specifically bring you on because of your family history or your history and your mm-hmm. sort of connection to this world. I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but I just thought you would be an ideal person to join us on this journey. I think that is lovely. Thank you for thinking of me. And I, I also, I, that that's so interesting to hear. And I knew that that was part of the reason why. And mm-hmm. I, I am comfortable to a point discussing what you're talking yeah, about. Sure. Yeah. But then the whole time I was watching it, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like so perfect on so many levels, like the motherhood angle and like mm-hmm. the, I feel like this was just a perfect match. Like, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we knew we wanted to have you back, but it was just trying to figure out the right one. And so as soon as I saw what this was about, I was like, I'm we're so done. Glad. We know what it's going to be. <laughs> I'm so glad you did. Yeah. All right. But before we go any further, Ariel, can you please let our listeners or new listeners know what our spoiler policy is here? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you about the directors and the making of the movie. And then we're going to give you some non-spoiler general thoughts and an overview of this movie. And then we're going to get into spoilers and we'll talk about the whole movie. So if that's something that bothers you, Hellbender is on Shutter, So you can go watch it now and then come back and finish the podcast. And it's got a nice, tight uh, hour and 22 minute I know run time. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it is exact correct length. A plus already. Listen, <laughs> the older I get, the more I appreciate that. I enjoy a tight 90 minute, like just a little, yes. yeah, tell me the story and get out. Right. And I I want to be able to watch a movie in a single setting. I want mm-hmm. I don't want to have to interrupt it. But if it's eventually the ADD kicks in, at the two hour mark, I'm like, I, I can't sit still anymore. I'm going a movie crazy. I can watch without a bathroom break. That is ideal. Like I will get the most out <laughs> sure. of that. I want to be able to like tell you more about it. Yeah. And you know that they're, they're willing to kill their darlings a little bit. Exactly. They understand everything is not gold. They're able to recognize like this is the good stuff. Let's leave this in. And I, that's interesting <laughs> you say that because I feel like that was sharpened so intensely between the two films of theirs that mm. I watched. Interesting. Okay. All right. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay. So first of all, Ariel, tell us about the directors and a little bit about the making of this here movie film. Sure. Okay. So Hellbender, like Rachel said, is directed by Toby Poser, Zelda Adams, and John Adams. John Adams and Toby Poser are the parents and Zelda Adams is their daughter. So I'm going to focus mostly on Toby and Zelda because they're the women in this arrangement. Yes. yes. (laughs) Um, We did review The Deeper You Dig on episode 16. So I'm going to condense a little bit about Toby Poser. So if you want more information about her or the making of The Deeper You Dig, you can go back and listen to that episode. As you should, because it's excellent. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I meant the movie, but also the podcast. You would be correct, yes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) All right. So Toby Poser got her BFA from Tulane University, and then she moved to New York to pursue acting. And in the 90s, she spent three years working on the soap opera The Guiding Light, Mm. where she played a villainous character who was also a madam. Love it. So she acted in a bunch of Law & Order shows. She has done a lot of voice acting, and she was in an episode of Sex and the City called The Baby Shower. The last time when we reviewed The Deeper You Dig, I told you, Rachel, that she had been on Sex and the City, and Uh it was something to do with The Baby Shower shower and you uh-huh. guessed that it was the episode where a woman takes off her shirt and shows her boobs yeah <laughs> and you were right i went back and yeah! watched the episode <laughs> you got, i know okay. my boob episodes yes. okay <laughs> that's where i know her from 
originally, yeah, I believe. It, yeah. it might be. Mm. So she's in a sort of pivotal point at the end of the episode where Carrie is wondering if she's pregnant or not. And she's sitting at a playground sort of watching the yes. kids. Uh-huh. And a kid comes up and the mom who she talks to is played by Toby Poser. Toby Poser. That's right. Because it's a yeah, it's a moment for sure. Yeah. And she, I mean, is it scene. any surprise that she's like just a total scene stealer? Yeah. No. <laughs> No, not no surprise at no. all. <laughs> I also today was combing through her IMDb, and I don't know how I missed this last time, but she was also in like one of my formative early lesbian films, Which The one? Incredibly True Adventures of Two Girls in Love. Oh, what? how did right. I miss that? I was like on the radar <laughs> for those movies. It, it's a smaller part, but as yep. soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, of course that's her. That's where I know her from. <laughs> Seen that movie. So as Poser moved into her late 30s, she started feeling like all of the work was really drying up for her. Mm -hmm. So her husband, John Adams, who, by the way, she met at a punk rock show. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Suggested that she write her own script. So she did just that. And then they bought an old RV and took the kids who at the time were 6 and 11 out of school. And then they drove around the U.S. making their first feature length film. That's so cool. Yeah. And that's how their production company, Wonder Wheel Productions, got its start. And they now have six feature length films under their belt, mm-hmm. including Hellbender. <sighs> so mm. excited. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just the parents who make their movies their two daughters participate in all of the roles as well and when i say they make their movies i mean they make them almost entirely on their own they write the scripts they do the directing the cinematography they create the scores they do the sound mixing they operate the cameras they do all of the editing and almost all of the acting as well so the only thing they don't do on their own are some of the practical and digital effects, but basically every other role is fulfilled by the family members. They can adopt me. I'll do their Right? Effects. I know. <laughs> don't you want a 37-year-old daughter that has a daughter? <laughs> right. <laughs> if I get an RV, can we I start a an caravan? RV. I'll go with you. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally feel that way. And by the time this episode comes out, our interview will drop as well. Rachel and I got to interview the entire family, and they are just as cool as they seem like they you would be. You guys are my heroes. Like, I cannot believe – I was just like, what? What? When <laughs> I learned amazing. that that also was happening, not just this review. Yeah. So and cool. They're so, they're cool. so smart and so warm, too. I'm oh, it so totally amazing. translates. You can tell just yeah. through their work that, mm-hmm. that, that both of those are true. Yeah. So they also edit the movie together and have said that the really nice thing about working together as a family is that when they go to edit a scene, if they realize that something didn't quite work, they can just go and film it again because they're just doing it all themselves. <laughs> That's so true. And also, like, reshoots are just so a breeze. Like, just go get dressed. Yeah. Yeah. But, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so they all take on different roles. And some of the same roles, they overlap. But Toby loves to write and direct. And John really loves cinematography and making the music, but isn't as big a fan of acting. And Zelda really loves cinematography. So they do all of the jobs, but they definitely have sort of favorite areas of theirs. Mm -hmm. Zelda has said that she doesn't always like the writing process, but Toby loves it so much that it doesn't really matter. She can just suggest things and her mom will write it. So that's (laughs) That's nice. Like symbiosis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Hellbender is the sixth film the family has made together. And not only does Zelda star in it, but it's also the first time she's co-directed one of their films alongside her parents. She should keep doing that. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. Her parents have said that 
she really influences the look and feel of their films. And her parents mm. credit her and her older sister, Lulu, with keeping their movies young and fresh, the way that they look and feel, the dialogue, all of that stuff. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. It feels mm-hmm. lived in, in a teenage yes. way, in the most authentic way that you just can't duplicate that. Like, if that's not who you are, mm-hmm. like, you can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So for this movie, Zelda also really wanted to get the camera moving because they usually use tripods a lot in order to be able to act and direct at the same time. Mm -hmm. So she got a drone and learned how to use it for the movie. Oh, there's a lot of really cool drone shots in there. Yeah, A lot of the magic is kind of conveyed through drone shots. Mm Mm-hmm. And even though Zelda has done all this stuff, she's still really young. She turned 17 while they were shooting Are Hellbender. Are you serious? Wow. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. such an old soul. But then oh, I mean, dude. I'm not What were y'all surprised. doing when you were 17? I was like. <laughs> not, not making films. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. At least not Nothing that productive. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, how do I shoulder tap some Boone's strawberry? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I was trying to figure out how to replace my lost fake ID and like how to break up with a football player I was dating. I was like, that didn't fit. Important things. Yeah. I was not creating art with my family. No, God, no. Unless you count getting a D plus in math as art, which I did at the time because then I didn't have to take it in summer. But My masterpiece. This is my opus. This is it. <laughs> I was I was too busy being haunted, you guys. I could not. I mean, right, of course, you had other ask. things going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was busy like listening to Nine Inch Nails in my room and drinking cranberry juice out of Same. a wine glass and pretending it was blood. Like, oh my cool. gosh, we would have been friends. A hundred percent. Very dramatic, not very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> So Zelda is now 18, and she's hoping to go to college in New York. But she has also recently started working as a model. So last March, she caught the eye of an agent at Elite Models, and her first casting job was a big runway show with Gucci. Dude, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, why is she not a model? Slash, is she a model? Like. The planes of her face are so interesting. I'm glad you said that. Like, her bone structure is incredible. So she also has created her own short film for Vogue's Youthquake series, which I'm trying to get my hands on. So I'm hoping to see that at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she directed it it all on her own. Mm -hmm. All right. So Hellbender is also completely self-financed which is really amazing and likely part of wow. why their films are so kind of wildly creative because they're not beholden mm-hmm. to producers or financers. No. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And they make these movies on such a tiny shoestring budget. I think I remember from the last one that they made The Deeper You Dig on like $12,000 or something wow. like that. Wow, Yeah, I don't know exactly how much they spent on this one. I couldn't find that, but I know that they self-finance, so I imagine not on a lot of money. <laughs> So after the success of The Deeper You Dig and how much they enjoyed making it, they really decided to stick to horror movies because you can be so creative in horror. And also they found that the horror community was really welcoming when they premiered The Deeper You Dig. Oh, that's good. Yes. Welcome. More genre films, please. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So they had originally envisioned their next horror film being a bigger production than they normally do. They wanted to set it in a high school and hire a crew and a lot more actors. But then the pandemic hit. Mm. 
I will say this business model is very COVID friendly. <laughs> That's one upside. Like, yeah. yes. if they are, they're basically doing production in a bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So they just went back to their roots and started doing all of the stuff themselves again. Toby Poser said to Screen Daily, quote, the pandemic brought us back down to our roots, which are very intimate, small shoots. That was a gift. Our story has a lot to do with isolation and closeness. COVID killed closeness for everyone. For the characters of mother and daughter, there's fear, the fear to be close to others. One of the lines is, nobody can get closer to one another. There are all Mm -hmm. these strange parallels that start to mirror COVID, but we didn't mean it. I totally felt that, yeah. And her, like, sitting, she, like, takes her chair and puts it, like, roughly six feet away from... Mm -hmm. Very familiar. (laughs) I know that uh, move well. (laughs) Prophetic. That's weird that that was, like, pre-pandemic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they rented a truck and a trailer and decided to drive all around the U.S. filming. That way they could make a movie and still be isolated. So they filmed a lot of it in upstate New York where they live. And then some of the dream sequences were filmed in the desert. And a lot of the forest scenes were filmed in the Pacific Northwest. Really? Yep. Interesting. Yeah, I, I guessed that before I read it just because there's moss on literally everything mm-hmm. here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just assumed it was all – because, I mean, mm-hmm. last time it was all winter and the deep yep. dig, but it was very foresty. So I assumed it was the same place, but, well, shows yeah. what I know. So by going to all of these different places, they were really able to utilize what was around them. So in an interview with Horror Obsessive, Zelda said, a lot of inspiration comes from nature and what it provides us with. We were actually going to shoot a different scene out in the woods. And then we came across this huge carcass and we were like, this is too crazy to pass up on. So we wrote an entire scene around this carcass and it's like nature just gives us the best gifts. I mean, that's Awesome and so obvious in the film, like yeah, that it's, it's real. Such a nice mm-hmm. parallel, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So their eldest daughter Lulu was actually in college in the Pacific Northwest, so they met her up there to have her act in the film. But apparently, some of those scenes where she and Zelda are together, they had to social distance for a bit. So, oh, interesting. So when she pulls her chair away, I'm guessing that's. For two reasons. You know, it's like it serves the plot, but also maybe because they needed to be farther away from each other. And even in the pool, you know, they stay really far away. So that's why it looked familiar is because they're literally doing doing the thing we're all doing. That awkward grab a seat and move (laughs) is so familiar. Oh, that's really interesting. I feel like so much of what makes their movies works is they're pulling from real dynamics typically it's interpersonal dynamics but in this case it's actual real world dynamics also works thematically with sort of that scene and sort of one of the themes of isolation in this film and i would imagine they're pulling influence from that real sense of isolation that we all know very well (laughs) yeah yeah they're of their time in that way like it's really a feeling that i don't feel like you can catch like a few minutes of one of their movies and get you really have to experience what they do Mm, and uh they do it super well i feel like they're the kind of filmmakers that it's almost like it like grows in my brain after i watch something Mm -hmm. of theirs oh Mm -hmm. i totally agree and i made my mom watch the deeper oh you did yeah 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 she's an adventurous lover of film i would say and um an extreme lover of like genre and horror so She probably like once every three days since she watched it, 
will just like text me something that has to do with it. Really? Oh, yeah. Cool. Or like a mem- like something she'll be like, oh, remember that part? Or like, they were so good at this. And the- like, I just love it. Don't you love it when you're responsible for a suggestion? Yeah. And I'm oh, only by yeah. proxy. It's because like, I mean, I'm living this experience res- right, right now. Yes. Like, <laughs> I was about to say, it's like being in a fun house, like with the room of mirrors. Like, yes, yeah. we all know this feeling, but like, it has always been awesome to have a mom that is on the same level with me about yeah, movies that's in that so way. cool. Mm-hmm. I do love the meta levels of that, that you and your mom are sharing right. this sort of like, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. sort of these witchy tales. <laughs> it's kind of that are about mother and daughter in both yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, everyone should check out Midnight Dreary Curios on Etsy. It's my mom's shop. Legit tonight, go look at her new stuff because it is Yes, later tonight, so not cute. this very minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. After we're done, please. But. Yeah, I'm but it's all yeah, it's all like witchy earrings. And... I already <laughs> see like five things I want to order. <laughs> I know, really, really cool stuff. I can't believe this is your mom. I know. Sorry. So, where were you? I, I totally have sidetracked us by getting obsessed. Oh with no, this no, store. no, you're fine. Favoriting. Okay. <laughs> it's cute, right? It's really cute. So, one of the ways that they drew inspiration was from watching horror movies together. They drew inspiration from the female bonding in Midsummer, the biting off the finger scene in Raw, oh, oh, and all the folklore in The Wicker Man. Oh my God. Excellent. It's like a feminist folk horror monster movie almost. Like, I love, (laughs) I have so much to say about that too. Like, the the monstrous feminine that they have here. Oh, yes. Wait till we tell you about the menstruation plot. (laughs) What? Yes. Oh, we'll get there. Don't worry. Um, Yes, please. (laughs) So in Hellbender, the mother-daughter characters are also in a band together. And so the movie is interspersed with scenes of them playing. And it's actual music that they created themselves. Which is actually good. Right? I know. Which is kind of shocking because a lot of times it's not when you have that in movies. Often. Mm -hmm. But usually it's some algorithm on a computer, like wrote them. Right. Who knows just, who? I, I'm not yeah, to offend generic, people. Generic, crappy music. Mm-hmm. You could. T- I knew. I was like the minute it started. I was like, I'm. Sh- I, I bet they wrote this. I bet this is like yeah. actually their music. So the dad, John, and Zelda started a band when Zelda was young, and they called it Kid California. And so Zelda started learning to play the drums when she was only seven years old. So cool. I know. But a couple of years ago, they changed the name to Hellbender, and it's Hellbender where each of the E's is a six. So there's 666 hidden in the name, which is really cool. And they have continued to make music, and you can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube if you look it up. And they're also planning to release a soundtrack for this film, which I am eagerly awaiting. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I need this album, like, post-haste. Yeah, it's mostly Zelda and her dad, John, making the music, but Toby and Lulu also do some of the vocals. Awesome. So the film premiered last August at Fantasia International Film Festival, and it won Best Score, and Zelda won Best Actress. Nice. I yeah. love that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Cool. She's super good in this. She was great, I think, in The Deeper You Dig. Her performance when she was kind of facing off with her mm-hmm. killer was yeah. really impressive, but I feel like she's even better in this. I do too. Yeah, I think she's improved. Mm-hmm. But um, before it premiered last August at the film festival, Shudder had already picked it up, which is where obviously you can watch it now, which I think is so cool. Like wow, before it had even neat. premiered, they were like, yep, we got to have it. So as for what they're doing next, 
when we interviewed them, they told us that they're currently working on their next horror movie. Thank God. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a period piece set in the 30s. And it's going to be about Ooh. a gangster family. And it'll have carnival and vaudeville stuff in it. And this Ooh. time around, both Zelda and Lulu are co-directing with their parents. Yeah. Very, very I love cool. all of that. Yeah, I'm very excited for that one. <laughs> Me too. I mean, it's all the things I love. I know. So. All in one. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I thought I was hyped for this. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. As usual, this was fascinating. When we interviewed them, I think I even said it on in the interview. I don't know if it made the final cut, but I was like, I could talk to you for hours. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I had like... a thousand other questions. To ask. <laughs> yeah, they're fascinating. Right? Yes, I mean... exactly. <sighs> I mean, Between they're... you guys talking with Sarah Dina Smith and this family and then um everyone should check out the interview that caitlin did with director ruth paxton she's oh yes so fucking Mm -hmm. cool all right so let's talk in a non-spoilery way about what we thought about this movie since you are our lovely guest elizabeth would you mind letting us know what you thought it's rare that i do it this way but i watched this movie for the first time right before the show and I like this as an experiment because it's so fresh and sure. and also because I watched uh, The Deeper You Dig kind of a while back. Like we've had this on the mm-hmm. books for a while. So mm-hmm. I watched that a while back and having some time and distance between the two was a an interesting way to do it because I was watching this sort of fresh, but also like with a little bit of an idea of their body of work. Specifically in this like horror lane, I felt they have such a vision for their style and the tone of their storytelling I'm sure it's the kind of film that, like, you would know pretty quickly if you were watching it and it wasn't for you. Right. That's For something to be profound in any way, there's going to be a slice of the public at large that it's not really, like, for you. That being said, if it's for you, like, this is the kind of movie that, like, doesn't come along super often. Mm -hmm. It's a story that they tell that is, like, structured in a way. I was, like, scared at the beginning. Maybe there was going to be a looser um, frame for the storytelling. Mm-hmm. specifically there's a turn of events she starts acting kind of strange the daughter in the film and i thought to myself this movie will continue to be like beautiful to watch i am so enamored with toby poser she's mm-hmm. got such a quality that like she's very magnetic and very mm-hmm. you can tell she's very at home in all these roles and her daughter also is like has so much of that like they're they have great chemistry for mm-hmm. obvious reasons I was so thrilled when I could see the arc forming of the, like, story they were telling and that Mm -hmm. there was this rich kind of mythos and really, like, a filled-in backstory. It is such a tight, efficient piece of storytelling. It is extremely effective in a way Mm -hmm. that I'm so proud a woman that's not wearing makeup is executing. Like, it's so nice to see the screen full of real faces and, like, Mm -hmm. it feels weird to even say, like, they're good actors, like, because we're just watching them exist in this tonality and idea that they're conveying to us. Like, it sort of Mm -hmm. transcends filmmaking in the conventional sense. It hit me just perfectly right. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. So, so spoiler free, I would, like, you know, I think, if you see any of the promotion for this film, if it's the kind of thing you'd be into, if you do think it's the kind of thing you'd be into, just, like, sit with it. Like, really give yourself to this movie, and Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody will be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I loved this movie. I've watched it a few times now because I felt like I needed to. I Mm -hmm. felt like there was so much 
to unpack, particularly around the use of symbolism in this. Oh, yeah. But also character motivation. And I will say watching it at least a second time is a must do because it's so fun to kind of watch some of the early stuff, like the interactions between the mother and daughter and understand sort of the nuance and the double meanings to so many things that they're expressing. There's like a scene with a bumblebee that has a lot of thematic resonance that maybe you don't catch the first time. I just totally love sitting with something like this where it's like, Mm -hmm. I know I'll be watching it again because I can't stand to let such beautifully crafted metaphors and allegories go Mm -hmm. unabsorbed. Yeah. Yeah, this is a target-rich environment for people who really love metaphor, which I oh, yeah. do. It's so and layered and deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much going on, and it's kind of amazing. You can feel – I think a lot of that layered texture comes from the fact that their voice is actually more of a harmony. It's not just mm-hmm. one voice, but it's all of these voices coming together to kind of create their own shared sort of collective voice. And and it's one of the things I think makes their filmmaking really daring and unique and surprising but also I love, and you touch on this also a little bit, the fascinating world building that happens in this, yes, that yeah. they take kind of little pieces of familiar lore and yes. weave it into this fascinating new mythology that's I'm like obsessed. Rooted. I want a yeah. fucking graphic novel series about hellbenders. Like, I know! Yeah. I'm obsessed! It feels ancient. I believe that this is yeah. a thing that has existed and been passed down through oral tradition. I love it. I want there to be more movies about Right. Hellbenders. So yeah, it does pull from things like you like you were saying, you could see it almost like on a cave yes. painting wall or something, you know, how it has little pieces of American history, like, mm-hmm. you know, pulls from witch trials kind of things, but then also really weaves in this sort of dark arts of the monstrous feminine. It's just really, really, really cool. And I think we'll talk a lot more about it in spoilers. And I also I I just I love their point of view and I think there's a lot of shared DNA between this and the deeper you dig. Yeah. And that I just think is a vibe that I, that I respond positively. To. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of set up to love this. Oh, um, for sure. I was in on them after that movie. It's like a Wes Anderson. Like you can tell like what world their mind lives in. And like, yes. I'm good to visit that place. Like, Yeah, they have such a unique point of view. And like mm-hmm. it's such a distinct visual style that I feel like even if I didn't know they made it, I would know they made it. You know? Yeah. If it was a filmmaker I had had an experience before when they start giving me like Femme, black metal, emo rock. Like, yeah. I would have been, I would have been, I would have had more questions and been a little bit more um, concerned that this was going to go off the rails at some point. I knew from the experience of watching them and their work before that, like, this is going to work. You're going to be okay. For mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is. Yeah. I- yeah, I feel like I can trust them as Which is nice. And as people who watch a lot of movies to be able to, like, relax from this yeah. jump and just be like, I. Wherever you're going, I'm down for it. Like, yeah, just take me. Yeah. And I love the other thing on that same note is that I, I, the one thing I know now, having seen their films, is that I'm going to, I know I'm going to see something I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. There is going to be some visual creativity or new spin on something that I've never seen before. Yep. And that's just exciting as a horror fan that but watches Rachel, so many movies. And I thought this when Titan came up on, I guess mm. it was the recent um, Bloody Good Horror. Mm-hmm. episode didn't didn't somebody write in about titanium that they watched it and they were yeah. like what the fuck? yeah okay yeah. so yeah. yeah i forget that there all the time i forget that there are people whose objective in watching film is not to experience a thing intensely mm. that's like a mm-hmm. new feeling yeah i really do forget that though that like there are people they just want to yarn which is spin a yarn 
yeah, absolutely which is fine. fine. Yeah, yeah, like, it's I'm fine. not into snowboarding, but like, do you know, like some people, it's transcendental. Like that's to yeah. each their own. But like, I yeah. do forget yes. and will recommend crazy shit. Yeah, I mean, I I totally know what you mean. Some movies are more emotionally and psychologically expensive and require a lot more engagement. That's what I'm looking for, though. I forget that's not always the goal. Right. And there are moments where I just want a Spider-Man movie, and that is the level of engagement that I'm willing to give. That happens. But I'm also very excited for to have a filmmaker take me by the hand and pull me through an experience. Yeah, it's like we watch so many new horror movies every year. And there's a good chunk of them where you're basically just watching a new version of something you've already seen a bunch. So mm-hmm. whenever you watch something and it's full of new creative ideas, yes, that feels that special. wins me over. Yeah, exactly. It feels it like feels this like a new moment. special experience. And so far, the two horror movies we've watched, this family has accomplished that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this isn't a spoiler because it happens in like the first few seconds of the movie. But the opening scene alone... Yeah. Had me. It, mm-hmm. Bloody corpses and a woman who looks like she's eating them. And I was like, I'm in. I'm in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, I feel like this is a woman eating a man. Continue. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the aesthetics of this movie also are top Into notch. it. I, I need that crown. I, I must have. Right. That crown. Yeah. And the way they do their makeup when they're playing in their band oh, is so dude, cool, too. It's so all, cool. Yeah. It's it's so visually appealing. But I also feel like they have improved their skills since they have. the first you, movie. Because they, they do feel they like with have. the special effects and the camera angles and sort of the unique stuff that they did with the drones, it all feels like they've gone farther, you know? And mm-hmm. like you were saying, Zelda's acting, I think, is even better. And that just... Yeah, that lived-in naturalistic feeling. The chemistry just crackles. Yeah, yeah. Even just the way that they're sort of in each other's personal space in a really comfortable way where it's clear you as a viewer understand that they really are mother and daughter, you know? So I buy into it so much more because of that. It's so genuine. And I love that they have that moment at the – I don't know if we're in – this is a well, let's, spoiler. We should, let's, let's, let's do the synopsis so then we can get everybody out of here that wants to keep, stay unsullied and we can just go there it. because yeah. I want to go deep. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So for those of you who – let's all say our recommendation. Okay. So I would absolutely recommend this movie if you if you have a taste for a little bit more art house a little and or – are a feminist horror fan. Like mm-hmm. there are things here you mm-hmm. need to see. So my recommendation is absolutely watch the as soon as you can put it in your eyeballs. What about you, Elizabeth? Would you recommend? Absolutely. Yeah, a hundred percent. Go watch it now. There are occasionally times where because of scheduling or whatever, I need to watch a movie twice. That mm-hmm. happened here where there was a kind of a gap in between the first time I watched it and the second time. And sometimes I'm kind of like, Ooh, no. right to have to go back i to really don't want to have thing. yeah even if i yeah. liked something i need a couple years before i want to revisit it's a single serving watch and yeah, that's yeah. okay yeah yeah, totally. yeah. Place, yeah. <laughs> but this movie i was excited to watch again and i was hooked the whole way through mm-hmm. the second time as well uh-huh. i know? want like a so, book series i just want more of this universe like i yeah. really oh yeah I, I dig it yeah so i would say absolutely go watch it it's on shutter it's easy to find put it in your eyes mm-hmm. right do it okay so for those of you who are spoiler adverse, this is your warning. This is your chance to jump ship, go to shutter, fire it up, 
H-E-L-L-B-E-N-D-E-R. Google it. Make it happen. Check it out. All right. I have vamped long enough. You have had time <laughs> to leave. Let's get into spoilers. All right. I'm going to start with the synopsis. I didn't do it as quite as spoilery as I normally do, but... Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're going to still go there. Okay. So... Izzy is a teen girl who lives in the remote woods with her mother. She spent most of her life there in isolation because of an autoimmune disorder, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> together, they make legitimately great music and eat a lot of pine cones. <laughs> <laughs> While they're very close, Izzy is kind of getting to that age where she is wanting to be more dependent and she's really kind of starting to feel lonely and is getting kind of desperate for contact with the outside world despite her mother telling her repeatedly that it's unsafe. One day she happens upon this girl in a neighboring home and they named Amber and they start to strike up a friendship, but an incident involving tequila and a live worm gross. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I would have something. had more questions about that. Like, why do we do <laughs> right. She went with it so easily. She really was yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that. I, I mean, I guess it, maybe if I had never had a friend and I was just like, I really want one. Or she's I, like, these are yeah. the rules, I guess. I guess. This is yeah. yeah. And I don't know if this makes me a weirdo, but I was more grossed out by the dirt in the cup than the actual worm. No, that makes you a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's straight up disgusting. Yeah, it's gross. It's a dirty that's worm. That's disgusting. <laughs> the worm was the first part for me. <laughs> maybe that's I'm a weird one. <laughs> Okay, so it ends up sort of unlocking something dark and powerful in Izzy, and she comes to learn that she, like her mother, is a hellbender, which is kind of a witch-demon hybrid creature. Specifically, and I'll quote her, it is a cross between a witch-demon and apex predator, and they're still evolving. Oh, it's such a great line! That is the best line. (laughs) I I want it on a t-shirt. It's awesome. I tried to look up merch today. How is there no hellbender merch? There really should be. There needs... Here's what... Every filmmaker needs to understand. If you've got a thing in a movie that's like you're writing a movie and in it the stars of it work at a cool coffee house or they're in a neat band called Hellbender. That's the best name. I need it. Make merch for the thing as if it were real. Yeah. I need a Hellbender band shirt. I want a planner. I would fucking wear a fanny pack. I just (laughs) love the vibe of that that band. Just anything. Come on. I I also just want the poster on a shirt with her in that crown. I want it. That picture is so cool. So good. It's so good. I I also Me and my credit card went to the internet today to try to purchase it. Don't you hate that when you're like, (laughs) and it did not exist. I I will throw money at this. I know. I also love uh, Toby Poser's line where she says that they're called hellbenders because they turned their backs um, on heaven and bent towards, towards hell, hell. Oh, oh, so, okay. so rad i feel like that so beautifully underscores what we expect from female monsters they're not sirens they're not like mermaids but evil they're not like sexy vampires their pussy yeah. has nothing to do with this even though their symbol does look <laughs> like a vagina a little bit which i like <laughs> yeah Interesting. <laughs> the little diamond inside the circle. Sure. Yeah. No, you're. I very had female. not seen it, but I would, and usually I never miss a vagina. But you're, you're correct. Immediately, I was like, that looks like a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of tracks? Which with like, I mean, it's thematically right, actually really that's accurate. Yes. Right. I like so to the, imagine that that was on purpose. So the thing we didn't tell you that they told us tell is me that the essentially, so essentially, all of the bleeding out of the mouth. Uh-huh. In the when they were conceptualizing the hellbender, that is part of it is that they menstruate through their mouth. 
Okay. Right? <laughs> okay. I'm obsessed. I so know. Let me just tell you obsessed. what this address is. What this address is. Because once I realized that we were on Game of Thrones level world building with this film, and then yes. none of it was incidental, and none of it was like just being weird to be like an arty movie. Yep. Like mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I wish I had time to like. This is the bad part about like watching something where I've got time to watch it once and then go talk about it. Because I just want to like back up and like rewatch all these parts that I now know would look different. That is one thing that the first time it happened, I was like, okay, I love this effect, the like blood vomit. I yeah. bet there's a story about like what this is, what is happening when this happens, because it seems so specific that it seems to be the result of something. Or like, even if we never get an explanation, I feel like there is one for what this is. And there you is. totally yep. just addressed it, and I could not be happier with the explanation. I, just, I love for that it. scene right. too, because so often women don't get to just be kind of gross in movies too. Um, and yes. there's something just so don't y'all think? I feel like the mother daughter scene where they that. vomit blood on each other's yeah. face. I got it immediately and was just like. It seriously is such a cool reminder of, like, that socially implied need for beauty all the time is a construct that is not natural. And this film, I think, very much, like, points towards the actual sort of – that ugliness is natural and exists for a reason. And that, like, I love that women are allowed to live in that space in this movie in a way that you really can tell a female is, like, at the helm – Right. It's yeah. Just, well, it, yeah. it explores sort of the innate amorality of yes. nature. But in a way, I mean, textually and subtextually. Absolutely. Would, like, yeah. I love that, though, because that is something as a parent, I struggle. Like, it is it is that simple. Like, nothing is all good or all bad. Mm-hmm. That good guys, bad guys world that you're sold when you're, like, four, mm-hmm. nothing is that cut and dry. Nothing's that simple. The whole world is just, like, energy existing and, like, it's it's all neutral if you take it out of – Right. Like, that whole part of the movie, the conversation they have yeah. about, like, it being natural for something to create gore, like, what they see in the carcasses of yeah. these animals. Right. Yeah, and where she's like, how it's not good it, or bad. It just is. It's not good or bad. It just is. And that was so insanely beautiful in a screenwriting move where they, like, yeah. immediately then have her ask, well, what is natural – for mm-hmm. us, they say mm-hmm. so much in that conversation with it, it's with such efficient writing. Those moments of this movie, I just was like, ooh, yes, goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it. The writing in this is so lyrical. Like, the dialogue mm-hmm. in this, it's it's very poetic. It's not one of the earliest lines in the film, I wrote this down because I just thought it was such a – it makes sense later when you find that she writes lyrics or her character writes lyrics. But when she comes home and she says, I went hunting and her mother asked for what? She says, a laugh but it was yes, a ghost. It's yes. such a poetic statement, so but also incredibly evocative. And it tells you everything about where Izzy is, like on a- Mentally, emotionally. Yes. And yeah. mentally and emotionally, even though in this moment, she has this really amazing, intimate moment where she's holding her mother's face. And those are like, again, that comes back to this amazing chemistry they have because mm-hmm. they're real world connections. But I just think you understand that there is a sadness and a loneliness at the core of Izzy. Because of the way that she kind of mm-hmm. makes this offhand, but like actually beautifully written line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I was raised by parents with OCD and who loved me fiercely and did the best they could every single day. But like, I always identified with the like Rapunzel fairy tale structure. Mm-hmm. Okay. In ways I didn't even get then, like, felt true to my life and my lived experience. That quality they evoke feels very genuine. Mm-hmm. Depending on whose hands, 
it isn't the subject matter. It's not always a pleasant experience. One thing I enjoy about them as filmmakers so much is that they understand the mechanics of trauma in a way that like they're able to create something that is inviting you into a space that should be triggering and like is very rife with things that could be very problematic or would be if you just like came across it happening, you know, in the real world, Mm -hmm. but that people have lived through experiences like this and it doesn't erase love in a situation that like Mm, sometimes you want to control to protect. Well, I think this does such a good idea explaining or like exploring that tension because there's parts of it that are very sweet between them. There are parts that are very resentful, like that whole poem about the sheep and the wolf and the cracking of the teeth. But then at the end, that final line is like, I'm not going to kill you because, and also I love you. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, that is like motherhood. Like, I really feel like this is just a, an incredibly rich visual artistic representation and a dramatization of the feeling of being a parent, but like you love them so fiercely and to be like a a mom to daughters too. Like I I just, so much about this, like hit so Mm -hmm. home, obviously, but you're looking into the eyes of the the generation that like metaphorically like is going to destroy you like this is it will consume you yeah 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 you and this is Uh the future and like that yeah the the monster the mother the only way it can be destroyed is being eaten by its daughter yeah it's so that's so beautiful and so tragic Mm -hmm. and so in so many ways it is very representative of the just the roller coaster of emotions and heartbreak that being a parent to anyone, I imagine is, you know, but specifically to like my little daughter, like it really, yeah. it's it's a very nuanced relationship because they look to you as a woman for the blueprint. And so like, right. if you're trying to, to direct them in a way that is not organic to your values, but is affected by your need to keep them in the safe zone, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't serve them in a way that's going to be useful in the real world if they ever get there. So it's like the village complex where like, are you really keeping them safe? Because what happens when you die? Like what, what yeah. if they do encounter, like you can't keep them safe. Yeah. And I, I love that Toby Poser's character sort of admits that mm-hmm. she's been doing it, not just to protect her daughter. That's certainly a part of it, but also to protect herself because mm-hmm. of the way that they're, they work mm-hmm. generationally. She's you know? not ready yet. Yeah, yeah, she's not ready yet. And I think that's so interesting because I think you're right about parenting. I mean, I'm not a parent myself, but I have parents. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Just the idea that, you know, you do things for your kids to protect them, but all of the things that you are as a person and the choices you want to make are going to affect them as well. You know, like you're not, oh, yeah, yeah. even if you think you are, you're not making every choice just no. for them and their benefit. You're also making all of these other choices and you know influences based on say your own trauma or your own lived experience that are also affecting them possibly in negative ways the temptation to edit reality because you are in control of another person's perception of it is strong yeah it's great Mm -hmm. especially living in like fucked up times where like you don't know the answer to everything i get it you want a world build yourself yeah It hits you in the face sometimes, like just this like shocking truth of navigating the world with a new person you made. What are you going to tell them when this, like you, you just have to figure it out on the fly. And like, I told Eric, my partner, I was like, I, um, I want to apologize to all the parents that I have judged 
in my own head <laughs> that are just like the rainbow yeah. bridge or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. You've just got to do that sometimes. Yeah. They yeah. do such an excellent job of presenting that within the parent, the mother daughter relationship mm-hmm. and, and showing, I think the whole, like the overarching theme is duality of nature. Like it's like nothing mm-hmm. is all good. Nothing is all bad. No decision is made in a vacuum. No parent is setting out to fuck up their kid. I mean, you're like a serial killer Dexter level, like sure. psychopath, if that's <laughs> what you're doing. And that's the worst right. social experiment ever. But like, like I promise there is something else going on when like quote unquote bad parenting is happening. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so this explores that in a way that's like fa- beautiful and I think super metaphorical about like realities that actually exist in parenthood that are very familiar to anybody on either side of that relationship. The other thing I think this does really well, the other relationship that I thought was really fascinating, and I think I focused more on it the second time around than I did the first time around was I was really kind of watching the dynamics between Izzy and Amber. And I think mm-hmm. it really tackles and yeah, she, she's. Lulu is an amazing actor as well. Oh, it, it so tackles dense. that. Hold on, is that the other daughter? That's yeah. the other daughter. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, they're Mind sisters. Balloon. Which is which is why I think some of this works so well. Again, it's these real world relationships what? that create these levels of nuance and comfort and also complications, right? Yeah. yeah. There's a part where Amber's laying down and Izzy is just in the pool just watching her and you can see mm-hmm. and I think really connect you this sort of horizontal like desire and mm hostility right like you can't she can't decide if she wants to be her or Mm -hmm. to consume her Mm -hmm. and this is before it's even unlocked it but i also like i know i remember that feeling of like when there was that cool girl that your feelings were so intense it was like you had like a crush it's like like, fuck mary kill like i can't tell like i don't know do i just want to like wear your skin like a suit or do I want like do I want yes. to be you or like be when, in you? When she takes the 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 barrettes, I yes. just like it's this subtle little thing that I think you own it that you can just absolutely connect with because it feels you just it's like a shorthand that you didn't even know that you needed to see. A hundred percent. I love that in storytelling. Like I love that she like that's a through line. She keeps those. We see them show back up. Mm-hmm. And it's the moment when she's like, Okay, I'm back to like you're fucking psycho. Like right. yeah. It's so indicative, I think, of something we all can identify with, especially in adolescence, which we haven't really mm-hmm. talked much about. But like, this is such a literally and figuratively great kind of allegory for growing up and going mm-hmm. through this time in your life. Mm-hmm. You're so – you only know how to be obsessed with things. So at the right. same time that like her mother is trying to inform her – on the subtleties presented in like the moral landscape of of anyone's life, but especially theirs, as these little like man eating like demon witches. <laughs> Her daughter is still a teenager and is experiencing just it's like feelings, all the feelings all day on ten, all like the all feelings. of it, like a yeah. fire hose that you can't turn mm-hmm. off. So we see the the mother character executing actual witchcraft. And then we see her daughter do the same, like she's kind of like finding her own path to the same result unknowingly with these like little like she I feel like she doesn't know why she takes those and then we see her like levitating them later like I like that there's like magic sort of well, involved. they're almost like talismanic but about girlhood they are you know right what I mean? that's what I felt that the even whole though time, she's like, very cool and she has like her own interests she's had no contact with this particular brand of girlhood. No. And so they feel magical and they so are. outside her own experience to the point where they almost feel like supernatural talismans. 
I love that. And they're a connection to this girl to that and world. this kind of girlhood that she had no concept about prior to seeing basically this vision of this girl in the middle of the woods. Right. It's almost fairy tale like. You are so yeah. right. And how, like, I just want to like huge, like, awesome kudos to them for mm-hmm. putting to screen. Like, they're showing us literally. And if anyone else has had feelings slash relationships with the same sex, that feeling as an adolescent where you were, you know, just talking about it, Rachel, where it's like, I don't know if I want to like eat you or be mm-hmm. best friends forever or mm-hmm. get matching tattoos or like date you or <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know, but I'm just so obsessed that I want it like inside of me. They then show you her eating her. She's like, mom, she's still alive. So she'll be extra I mean, scared ultimately she good. consumes her. She, she makes her choice. Okay, yeah. So that, we kind of all know that feeling that like, mm-hmm. I just want you. And like, they... They find a way that is organic to a story they're telling that I feel is very impactful and mm-hmm. about many things. But they, they straight up, they just find a way to like put that in my face, which I love because I've yeah. said that my whole life. And like that's so the sweet spot of the literature nerd in me, the film geek. Like I want to see things that you reference emotionally throughout your life like that, like these like emotional cliches almost. Pers- like I want to see that play out in – a way that's organic in storytelling and they they are just master craft in that like that's it's the master class in that what did you think about this ariel i mean i just i love this movie so much there's so much good stuff in it and you know a lot of what we've already covered but i think one of the things you touched on in your non-spoiler part was you were saying that one of the things is that's so great is that it uses the tropes of a genre, you know, like the witchcraft stuff, mm-hmm. but it twists it. And I really feel Absolutely. like the deeper you dig did that too, where in the beginning mm-hmm. you kind of think it's going to be one movie and you know where it's going and then they twist it and they add so much unique, interesting, creative stuff on top of it that it's wholly new after that point. We've seen a lot of movies about a girl who or somebody who doesn't know they have powers, you know, where that's being kept from them. Like that's a very familiar trope in horror. And even Mm -hmm. things like using her magic to slam her bedroom door when she's mad, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. we've seen that before, but then, (laughs) but then, but then they go into this crazy hellbender direction, add in all of these interesting stuff, all these new ideas about witchcraft and the dynamic between the mother and the daughter that make it so original that it's like nothing I've ever seen before. You know, I was not expecting the reproductive cycle no. of mm-hmm. hellbenders, but oh my God, I'm so excited we got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And even the way that they do magic, there's familiarity about mixing different natural elements to come up mm-hmm. with something new. I think that because that they were referencing the Salem witch trials and stuff, mm-hmm. it's like women who were healers and who did use herbs and, and you know, natural things to heal were often called witches, right? And, yeah. and killed for it. But here and so here they they do that, but then they add in like their own blood and their hair and they make these these symbols out of twigs the making of that twig thing where she's pulling out strands of her Mm. hair yeah oh it's so cool and i love how they cut their own mouth and use their own blood and kind of mush it together in this gross way in their hand it's just it's so cool and it's so creative you know there's often times in horror movies this sort of like lazy way to show magic you know Mm -hmm. and here i feel like they really put so much time and energy and thought into what the magic was actually it's going so to look concrete. like. It's yes. so concrete. It feels like there's a weight. And a, you feel like and you're a watching like a construction crew build something. Like it's like not yes. just like 
prefab yes. the craft remake or something which is fun but like you know i mean yeah yeah, yeah. I, it had crossed my mind this is a far far distance from the golden showers yes. in the woods of that movie which is you know visually very pretty and interesting right. and, and i'm not trying to say it's bad but i'm just saying that there's something so visceral if about this were to this. really happen this is what it would look like like i feel yes. you know. yeah yeah exactly it feels more real and more lived in and it's not just things floating like she does that but she does it for a reason that has meaning for the plot. But also mm. it's not just tossing papers across the room or making things float up in the air. Like there's all of this stuff that right. they do with magic and the way that they talk about it. And I also feel like this movie does such a good job. I think Elizabeth, you were saying this about like layering in all of the, I'm so sorry. My cat is like, no, <laughs> you're familiar. You mean <laughs> she has opinions. <laughs> Sabrina wants to talk. So they layer in all of this exposition about how hellbenders work, but they do it. <laughs> Can you guys hang on one second? No, I love, I love it. it. All right, all right, I'll leave her. It is funny. She's like, she is a black cat too. So. <laughs> what and is her name? Sabrina. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> awesome, but. It's just it never feels like we're doing these exposition dumps. It's all, <laughs> it's all so layered and so nuanced and it it just feels like it's woven into the plot in such an mm -hmm. organic way. Yeah. And you by the end you know so much about how hellbenders work. I mean, what? look, I would an love art. to know more, of course. I want to know really, more. Yeah, you really do have an understanding of it. It's like this has never happened to me, but you know, in movies and stuff, they always do that thing where it's like, oh my God, they just broke up with me. I didn't know they were so good at it and nice. That I don't feel like that's a real thing, but that happens on like friends and like in romantic mm -hmm. comedies. This movie does the equivalent of that with exposition dumping. Yeah. I want more. I didn't even know it was happening. And I'm better for it. Like, I feel yeah, more right. informed about the movie. I'm not yeah. upset about it at all. Like, they have found the way to do, like, give they me more of the show story. show don't tell. That's part of it. Like, they yeah. do yeah. it There's so a couple well. Moments. They do it so much that then when they tell me something, I'm, like, leaning in. Like, I trust them and want to know. You want the answer because uh -huh. they've teased it. Yes. And then so by the time mom says, like, this is how hellbenders die, you're like, oh, my, tell me. I need to right. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's like, exactly. sit down. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm not like, oh, it's like the Batman villain's about to be like, once upon a time. No I was so, like, into yeah. it. I felt like I was, mm -hmm. like, on the edge of my seat. And then, but also the way that they use the symbolism and stuff too, mm -hmm. like at the beginning, sort of the first act, she gets that crown that I'm obsessed with. And then in the final act, she ends up in that esophagus birth canal that has the same color and texture as that crown. Mm -hmm. And in, in the midst of it, what happens is they have that sort of exchange of menstrual blood on each other's faces. Yeah. And then the power dynamics change from that scene on. Mm. And so you're kind of watching the moment where she's crowned in adolescence into this moment where they begin to shift roles. And yeah. in the end, like the esophagus birth canal that was the creation of the daughter is where the mother is trapped. There is a total arc that's used with this, specifically with this particular visceral sort of blood red that tells you kind of like marks in terms of the dynamics of that nice. relationship and the cycle of the hellbender. It's so cool, man. So cool. And I love, I love the scene where Amber is, you know, dying on the floor because Izzy's been torturing mm. her. And when the mother comes through that birth canal into the room, 
you think for a second, oh, she's going to help her. She's going to stop this. But instead, she reaches out her finger and to tastes. grab some of the blood and then tastes it because yeah. it's so euphoric. Yeah. It's so great. It's so great because there isn't like a good and evil here right, between right. the mother and daughter, right? They live in a, a place that's outside of human. Exactly. Well, and then she says, she's like, I saw you taste her. They almost bring this question to light too in – Izzy's comment about if a band plays in the woods and nobody hears it, did they really play? So great. It's, Which is just I mean? a cool moment and nice writing. But, like, several times they comment on, like, being able to perceive someone's reaction to something mm-hmm. and not being able to hide your intention. Yes. It is so interesting. It's just... It's like emotional close quarters, right? Yes. There is no... There's so much intimacy that there ultimately is no privacy. Right. Which is an environment the mother created to create safe for herself and her daughter and yeah. has like instead sort of created this like puzzle box of well it's like the cage she created for her daughter is now her own is her you know that's yeah. exactly it's like the cage right. of her own making yeah. Oh, yeah yeah i love that scene where she comes home and she says i'm not sick mm-hmm. she's like yeah. you're dangerous you're i like, love oh, that too this movie oh, just changed i wrote that exchange <laughs> i'm not sick you're dangerous that was so good there's so <laughs> that's many such a fucking mom response i mean it's the beat it's the B. She yeah. basically mm-hmm. it's the mirror yep. mirror scene to the B. Yeah. Which is the, the creature that seems to be stuck but actually has a stinger. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know, I really love that idea that they eat, you know, creatures and humans, but that they really get a lot of power out of what they eat being fearful. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That if it if it's if it's in fear for its life, then they get more power, more strength, and more of that euphoria for it. I think that's so interesting because so often in horror movies we have our main characters who are women are terrified for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. And here, instead, they gain power right, from sub- other yes, people's subversion. Yes. Well, it's a subversion yeah. of the whole yes. witch trials, right? Yeah, exactly. They were disempowered by the fear of the people who were paranoid mm-hmm. and suspicious of and them. Whereas Hellbenders, they are empowered yes. by the fear and suspicion of the, of the people. I love the line, too, where she's mm-hmm. talking about her mother. And she says she was such a monster. She ate half the town. There's some reference yeah, to, like, yeah. how many people she ate. Like, and I love that we're watching a movie where, like, that is not metaphorical. Like, that's – she literally no, means – She quite literally ate them. She ate babies. She ate them. <laughs> yeah. And well, I think it's, there's that nuance where she said she felt so guilty she sewed her mouth closed. Yeah. yeah. So that um, tells me so much about – like, I want mm-hmm. – again, like, I just want a fucking book series. Like, I want to know all these women's stories because it's a beautiful allegory, too, I think, for just, like, the female – um guilt in general like just like at their own power Mm -hmm. yes exactly Mm -hmm. of like shining too hard or like that guilt of like not being a good enough mom or like doing it where everybody can see it and like it's saying so much by saying so little it's so simple and streamlined i feel like the rate in which they're maturing as filmmakers just because i've seen these two back to back the deeper you dig and um Mm -hmm. hellbender is astounding and i like i i could not be more excited to see like what they do next Absolutely. I mean, guarantee that's a as soon as that drops, it's going oh, yeah. directly being directly <laughs> applied to my eyeballs. Yeah. 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 I can't. They're like yeah. some of the most exciting filmmakers making movies out there. I would say them. Julia de Cournau is mm-hmm. another one. Mm-hmm. Mike Flanagan sometimes. You know, there's yeah. a handful of directors. You say their names and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in. in for something. Yeah. I'm in for an experience. Yeah. Aronofsky's that's another so one. That's so exciting. That's mm-hmm. so exciting because, like, that's not always the case. You yeah. know, in certain pockets of film history, there have definitely been voids and vacuums, I think, of, like, the the leaders of, like, innovative genre content. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, or people who make one great movie but never make another horror movie. Right. You know, yeah. it's it's exciting when we see people who come back to the genre over yes. and over again. To be and a horror to fan, growth. you have to be comfortable living in the land of, like, what might have been. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. you'll see <laughs> actors, directors, everybody involved come in, dip their toe, and then leave. It yeah. is always so nice to see people, like, settle like in. Peter and Jackson, get... come back. Make another right. horror film. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we only have the two films to go off of, but I totally think you're right that they're improving. I think that The Deeper You Dig was one of my absolute favorite movies of that year. I think about that movie on a weekly basis. Like, oh, I think about it constantly. Her as the clown. Yes, some of those images will forever be in my head. The taxidermy. Forget about it. Forget about it. It lives rent-free in my head. Yeah. Because I, I think they've layered so much more into this one. I mean, The Deeper You Dig is layered and textured, but I do think that there's maybe even more in this one to explore and then the other thing is one of our few cons with the deeper you dig was just that some of the special effects didn't look that great and i really think they've improved that here i mean that scene where it's like that dream sequence and we just see half of an amber <laughs> yeah with oh, oh, oh my god we're in that that yes that almost like beautifully heavenly lit white yes, palette yes. but with half of her body just that the viscera so of half of her body it's, oh, it's so good it's so the way good. That their body dissolves into black smoke looks yep. so cool i read this one interview that they were saying that there was one day when they were traveling when it was super super foggy where you could barely see and they decided to get all their equipment out and film to take advantage of that and i'm wondering if it's not that scene Oh, yeah, apparently it ruined their cameras, but they got the shot. So I mean, okay. worth, worth it. it. If it yeah. was for that shot, it was worth it. The other right. thing I thought was really – there's two other visual moments I want to talk about yeah. very briefly just because I'm fangirling about them. One of them is that key hand. I cannot the key get hand over how so cool great. the key hand was. And the way that they stacked – like you could tell how many times the daughter had been in the room by mm-hmm. how many keys were on the table. And then also when the uncle gets turned into leaves – Mm, it's just mm-hmm. i just never seen that before yeah I, that was that cool. was so cool that was yeah. so cool and it just speaks to their creativity that they're still able to as a group come up with fresh ideas that we three of us who have seen so many right? freaking movies yeah still are dazzled by things we've never seen before it's a testament to their creativity. it is man yeah. that's that's something and, and even the littlest stuff is so beautiful like the mm-hmm. plates of quote-unquote food you know we're yes. just having to meet only dead things because yes of the powers it's like know? which pinterest yes yes i, lo- oh, so it's, yeah, I was thinking so the whole gorgeous. time it's like you know cottage core is a thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is like cottage gore yes yes yeah i don't know so guys i think i liked this movie oh I, I, I freaking loved it i love that it goes so dark too i mean the idea of somebody eating mm. a baby or eating other yeah, people it really does it's just it's it's so great <laughs> And that raw scene where she's eating the finger. That's a good scene. Oh, where she's like, oh, yeah. I've never seen you like thistleberry roots or whatever it is. And you're like, <laughs> she's oh, like, oh, what is she eating? <laughs> that was very raw. That was, yeah. 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 So good. Ugh. All right. Any other thoughts? Or did you have any cons? I don't have any cons. But do you guys have any cons? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I think that maybe the forest ranger guy wasn't the greatest actor. Oh, see, yeah. I kind of liked him. <laughs> so I what I liked about that is how humor. awkward it was because yeah. I, had, I remember as a teenager having conversations like that. And, yeah. <laughs> and so in that respect, I do appreciate what they were trying mm-hmm. to do there. Honestly, I don't really have any other cons. I think that this movie was fantastic. Yeah. I just I'm in love with all of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I mean, yeah. 
what I feared would be con for me here um, mm-hmm. dissipated with like the unfolding of the story. I I, I just right. it felt like it might be one of those I love you a twenty four, but like the. Mm-hmm. How did it end? I don't know. What Rorschach oh, are you? Yes. Like, ambiguity. Yes. Right? No <laughs> ambiguity. <laughs> this is cool as shit. And I wish that they were going to tell us like what it all meant. And what, yeah, like, I mean, and I so, love that about them is that they answer the questions. So but that's they a, leave that, you with concrete. They have a fully yeah. fleshed out idea. Yes. It's not just like, oh, it's spooky. And we're Stick not going to tell you what's up. Of an atmospheric folk horror, yeah. like modern film. That's, mm-hmm. it's just hard. Like it. Yeah. I love this is American folklore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this actually this is perfect evidence of why my my 2022 expectation. This is I have rules about how movies have to be in 2022. They must have an ending and they right. must not be two and a half hours long. <laughs> and they Short must runtime, definitive answer at yes. the end. Movie freaking rules. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. It in Rachel's America, <laughs> this is how you make a movie. <laughs> Other than that, go fucking buck wild. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be cool with wherever you want to take me. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially if you are going to give me a, a full experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be challenged. I mean, listen to us. How often, y'all, is it that there is a piece, like a, a movie that comes out where multiple people are having a conversation about it and how they wish these people would make a universe or expand on it. Yeah. Aren't we mm-hmm. usually like, okay, one's enough. No one asked for that. And now there's or couldn't like you have made it shorter? Yeah. Right. Like usually <laughs> it's like, usually this is what, what I said. <laughs> we have to do with what we have. Yeah. I feel like what a blessing sort of, for lack of a better word, and because I'm a woman in the South, that's just what you, <laughs> what you say if it's a good thing, that we have such a time in, in movies right now where like, even if they never go back to this universe, isn't that better than like a bunch of mediocre content that just keeps treading over itself? Like, yeah, it's, when people say they want something fresh, original, they don't want a sequel. This, this is, is the movie. Like, this is the kind of thing. This you is mean. the kind there of originality they're yeah. talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But and there's been so a wave great. of that. It's this like new, like fresh innovation mm-hmm. in genre that like isn't afraid to go really dark and like really emotional and really. Mm-hmm. Things that I think they used to not want to sign off on for fear of losing its audience. Mm-hmm. And just I love that like there's enough viewers that stick with it that we yeah. now have this whole like developed subgenre of. Yeah, I think there's such a bigger space now for indie mm-hmm. horror movies. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it seems like there is a bigger audience willing to put in the time and energy to watch them, you know, when to take a chance. world now that knows fear in a way that like collectively. Mm, yeah. I think a genre that used to feel silly to people is feeling more relevant. Yeah. And even, like, honestly, in a lot of cases, like, prophetic. Like, there have been, like, mm-hmm. things I've rewatched that I've been, like, oh, somebody knew this oh, was yeah. coming. Like, <laughs> you know, like, this has been <laughs> happening in the horror movies for a while. There have been Trumps yeah. and pandemics. and Yeah, I mean, it's good to have somewhere to kind of put some of those feelings instead of just having that amorphous constant dread having a, a horror yeah, film a safe kind of like place to experience this. it yeah. yeah the time when we only had a saw movie in theaters to go yeah. as an outlet for it which also has its place but like just the valleys and sort of nooks of like independent film and places that's gone with this sort of like awareness and acceptance of darkness and our troubled times has really created some like very memorable picture also i mean like you know saw whatever that's great but i don't necessarily think those movies are made for me in the way that something like this is Mm -hmm. right you know what i mean i can feel a personal sort of 
connection to this film more so than than some of the other like sort of blockbustery kind of horror movies. Not that I don't like them. I'm a horror fan. I love all the stuff. In but. a lot of ways, though, I am kind of a 12 year old boy when it comes to like just getting me like in that place, sitting watching a movie like gleefully. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. refine my palate and like feel like the f- makers of a film like this to get me, keep me, and have me recommending it. Like that's been a love of a culture and genre and something I've developed like over there. Like my favorite, I started with like 80 slashers and like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, that all has like a very special place to me, but like they are so good at it that like, I think it could have caught me earlier in my movie watching career and still made just a huge impression. So here's my question. Are you going to recommend this to your mom? Of course. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And are you going to let us know? I 100% what she thinks. Yeah, okay. too. I'm going <laughs> to need to know what, uh, what mom thinks. About Absolutely. This. Awesome. Okay. So final recommendations. Absolutely. Yes. You're going to love it. Check it out. Yep. For sure. Awesome. Absolutely. Okay, cool. All right. So we would love to hear what you guys think. Did you like the movie? Do you have questions? Whatever the case may be, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z.com. Or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. Or you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ZG Podcast Plural. If you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight, you've already watched Hellbender and The Deeper You Dig five times, check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com. If you love the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you get your pods. If you're listening on Spotify, give us those that nice five-star rating. Make us feel real good inside. And if you uh, are looking for some sweet new merch, because for some reason there are not Hellbender shirts for me to throw money at, <laughs> uh, <laughs> check out our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. And if you love us and want to support us, you can do so by joining our Patreon, uh, where one of the perks is all of the episodes are extended across the network. I finally well did that. I'm I'm a Patreon. You are? Yeah. Oh, Elizabeth. That's so, so sweet. That's I incredibly kind. I, how did I miss that? I love you guys. Oh, we, we love, love you too. You. <laughs> well, geez. Now I'm all blushing and stuff. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, extended episodes, you get to join our Discord, which Elizabeth is also on. Yes, she is. And a bunch of other really fun things. For instance, we have our first bonus episode of the season. We're going to be covering the film Maximum Overdrive. Hope you're ready to talk about that this weekend, Ariel. (laughs) I am. (laughs) And we also have our Women in Horror Month special coming up, which is going to be a live special. Hopefully at some point, maybe Elizabeth will join us for one of our our live shows. I'm I'm putting her on the spot right now. We have a midsummer one (gasps) we're planning. You wouldn't. Oh my gosh, I would. Will you come God. and will you be in costume? Oh, you know. Oh, honey. <laughs> Rachel's uh, going to be in costume. I'm, you know I'm going to be in costume. I'm going to start making the paper flowers tonight. Yes! <laughs> I cannot wait. We keep joking that we're going to make one of the guys on the network be wear a bear wear suit. But, yeah. yeah, somebody yeah. has to. Yes. Uh, right? Yes. 100%. Yes. Come on, Larry. Uh, oh, I'm uh, yeah. so in for this. Larry or DJ, or maybe both of them. Maybe to be on the show, if you were a boy, you have to have a pair of suits. You're right. (laughs) But our our Women in Horror Month special coming up in March is going to be, we're calling it, currently we're calling it Ally Wars, Feminist Ally Wars, where we're going to put all of the men on the network to the test to see who the ultimate feminist ally is. Oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that's going to be a ton of fun. Okay, so for our next episode, if you are playing along, we are going to be reviewing the film Eve's Bayou, directed by Casey Lemons. 
I yeah, I haven't seen it yet. This has been on a two watch either. forever. I know. Joining us for that is Sheree Bohannon from A Nightmare on Fear Street and the brand new podcast, Blurred and Massacre. And she selected this film. So I'm really excited to see what she has to say about it. And like I said, it's been a two watch forever. So it's great that we're finally going to check it out. Here's the synopsis. What did Eve see? How and how will it haunt her? Husband, father and womanizer Louis Batiste is the head of an affluent family. But it's the women who rule in this gothic world of secrets, lies, and mystic forces. Holy shit, that sounds, sounds perfect. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to thank you again, Elizabeth, for being oh. such an amazing friend and guest. I knew that this would be a fun movie to talk about with you. And uh, I was right. You brought oh, the inside thunder. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> You have an open invitation uh, to come back whenever you want, but I will also definitely be bugging you to come back on oh, very soon. We can't go this long between hangs again. Yeah. For the record, with witnesses everywhere, I love you guys. Thank Aww. you for having me. Oh, the feeling is so yes. beyond mutual. Well, give us some plugs, Elizabeth. As Here's the thing is I know that everyone in the audience is as in love with you as we are. Where can they get more of you in their life? Because let's face it, they all want it. They all need it. Where can they find you? Goodness. Um, well, I'm blushing and <laughs> I am on the internet at Final Girl Scout on Twitter and Instagram. That is also my Gmail and I love talking, obviously, and I like pen pals. So if you've got any creative ventures that you're looking for a gal like me to collaborate with holler i might be open to it <laughs> i hang out sometimes on bloody good horror uh just recorded with them about the scream, scream. Right? yeah the new that scream. episode is burning a hole in my pocket because i haven't seen the oh, movie yet oh um i can't wait to hear your thoughts yeah <laughs> it was super wait. fun it was fun that's a, a big one for me mm. but yeah my bestie is Caitlin Grant and she's got a little podcast called Plug It Up. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to hang Heard out with of her uh-huh, <laughs> over there sometimes. It's awesome and you should check it out. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, that's how this all started, right? Like, yeah. That's the connector. For we a lot slid of, into yeah. those DMs. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and then we got to be friends with you and I'm everybody so else. It's been amazing. So glad it's been amazing. Know. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, everybody definitely check out all of those recommendations. They're all great. You know what we need to get going is you need a music page because we didn't talk about it, but our girl has Mm. the voice of a damn angel. She sure does. You need to have it in your ears. You will cry. Oh, y'all are so sweet. I'm having just the best time listening to this. Yep. (laughs) I love it. I need. I do need to do more with music. And Eric and I have a few projects, <clears throat> like a few, on the plate uh, that mm-hmm. we are working on. And uh, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to approach that in a more organized way. But I do music for higher worlds. So if you like lady singers or horror, or if any of the Venn diagrams overlap for you that we've discussed tonight, um, throwing music into it, holler at your girl. Beautiful voice. Thank you. Matt, huge talent. Absolute. Oh, yeah. Thank and if you, you guys love Plug It Up, that theme song is Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Of course. There <laughs> yeah. you go. See? It's a twofer. You get to listen to Elizabeth sing and you get excellent feminist All the things. Over there. <laughs> All the things. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, on that note, I think we're, unless you're sticking around for the extended episode, we are done. Ariel, will you take us out, please? Sure. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. Thank you so much for sticking with us through two years worth of episodes. I can't believe that we've been doing that for this long already. (laughs) 
And thank you, Elizabeth, for joining us to talk about this great movie. It was fantastic. So much fun. And we'll be back here in two weeks with Eve's Bayou. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to my co-host and good friend, Ariel, for always teaching me something new. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel. Our theme song for the show is More Deadly by DJ Chardon. So I'm totally going to buy something from Elizabeth's mom's store. Yeah, I got to I got to remember what was it called? It's uh, I'll send you a link. It's okay, um, cool. Midnight Dreary Curios and there's some cute stuff in here. I think I want to get this final girl shirt. It's cute. And then there was something else I thought was really cute. But I can't remember what it was. Like there's some cool like cute little feminist things. Oh, nice. Yeah. And if you look carefully in some of Elizabeth is like featured in some of the photos like if you fl- click through them. I was like, "Hey, I know her." Yeah, there's some cute stuff in here. That's cute. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think the t-shirts is where I'm at Mm because I don't really wear necklaces because I have a short little neck that it accentuates. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's true. I got to Rachel, but you also have like tremendous cleavage. So just get a little bit longer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You have like cleavage of epic proportions. There should be like a necklace nestled Is this staying in? I feel like this is going to (laughs) stay Tremendous cleavage. No, but seriously, I think I am going to get that final girl shirt. I'm going to order it after the show. That's cute. Okay. um, Where were we? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. Sadly, our friend Elizabeth had to hop off because she has, you know, like a life and stuff. Um, <laughs> rude. Just kidding. But uh, I had so much fun tonight. Did I you? Know, that was great. Yeah, it was so much fun talking about the movie with her. She, she is, is a, a trip. Smarty. And that story about her um, house blew my mind. What? <laughs> what? That I was not. Wild. I was like. I was like you. I was like, she heard a voice or something yes, like, which exactly. would have been a great story. Mm-hmm. It went so much darker. So much darker. I don't know how you experience that or hear it from your mom about it really happening and then just like go on and live a life. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I need to leave the planet. Yeah. That's <laughs> crazy. I mean, do we think it was a dude in the walls? I mean, it's sort of. I hate feels going for like dude it. in the wall theory, but right? it kind of feels Big like it would have had energy. to have been. Yeah, yeah. major, major. B- I don't know. D- That's D I W E. I think I have an extra W in there somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, that was great. What a yeah. fun conversation! Mm-hmm. And like, I had a feeling this would be a good movie to w- talk about with Elizabeth, and uh, I feel pretty validated in that. Instinct. Oh yeah, and I also think it was really great. And this didn't even occur to me when we asked her on, but to have somebody who's actually a mom talking a mom. about this movie, mm-hmm. yes, because we just yes. don't have that experience. You know, I mean, we can think about it in our relationship with our own mothers, but yeah. to have that here, I think, really was to mm-hmm. our advantage in the type of conversation we got to have. Yeah, yeah, I really, oh man, Hellbender was so good too. I've been so resisting good. updating the doc because I don't want to tip my hand, but it's a it's going to be a thumbs up for me. <laughs> that is so funny because I went in there to review it and then I was like, oh wait, maybe I shouldn't. And then I saw you had and I was like, oh, okay, I know what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so far, 
so far, that usually really... means you either loved it or hated it and don't want me to know yet. So right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you knew I was not gonna hate it. I mean, I no, guess it's I mean, possible we'll hate their next sure. movie, but I don't I would be shocked if I didn't I would like be shocked it. because I feel like even if it's not something that's like totally your jam, there's just gonna be so many interesting ideas in it that mm-hmm. so much creativity mm-hmm. that I think it would be hard to hate anything. You know? Also, it's going to be a period piece, oh. like oh my carnival God. people. Like, it, it, can you make a more perfect <laughs> movie for me in a lab? I don't no. know. <laughs> I know it was like your review of Nightmare Alley, and you just kept talking about how much you liked that first bit in the carnival. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, was that a terrible review? No, I, not I felt at all. very off my game that night. I no, always feel off my game. You were though. great. Maybe that I don't was... have a game. <laughs> Because I'm always off it in my mind. No, you're just self-critical. You always think you're off and you're like almost never off. So that's very kind of you to say. Oh, reality. Whatever, 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 whatever. (laughs) You're like moving on. (laughs) I'm also super excited that Liz is going to join us for the the live show, the Midsummer live show. Me too, yeah. That's going to be a ton of fun, I think. I think so too. Can't wait to see your costumes. I will be in a t-shirt and jeans like always. (laughs) You are going to dress up as Midsommar. <laughs> you can dress up as the Wicker Man or something. <laughs> Am I going to have to like a bunch send of you to myself? A, a hair wreath or something? Like, <laughs> what the hell? Uh, but yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. But before then, we have our Women in Horror Month one, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be like a game show and like silly and drinking. Yeah, and, I think that's you know, I can't wait to see the questions Matilda comes up with. Oh, have you not looked at the doc? I didn't realize there was one yet. There is oh, that's a right. You guys posted one and I totally forgot about it's it. It's hilarious. Oh, okay. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> she has found her calling. Like if she's if she ever I decides to retire from therapy, like, <laughs> this is what she needs to do. <laughs> yes. Asking like funny yet slightly castrating questions. <laughs> Our absolute sweet spot. Uh, no, it's going to be all in good fun. And like the guys are totally on board and they know the deal. And we're, yeah. We, we love oh, them. And and it's yeah. 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 